the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. got some mixed markets out of the open. I'm sure we will talk about that. Um, Consumer prices posted the largest drop since 2008. It's probably a good thing to see no inflation right now. When demand got cut off, eh, there shouldn't be inflation in theory, maybe in toilet paper prices, but not much else these days. Stocks are, they're not doing much today. It's tough to say they're rising or falling. I got a good show for you. I got a lot planned, a lot to talk about. Um, I certainly think that there's enough in the news out there that we can um, extrapolate as we can to talk about current market conditions. A sideways market, for the record, is not always down. Sometimes it's consolidating, and I like that. That doesn't bother me in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't have to have up or down days. Yesterday was one of those days where a market that looked reasonably good um, wasn't that great when you started looking at like what was rallying, what was not rallying. SP 500 didn't flat yesterday. Kind of a victory when you say, well, things were down, then it goes up. You know, if you start down and you kind of rally up. No, there's ways of finding victories in it where I think that we sometimes too much humanize or want to be right kind of thing. But the NASDAQ was up for its sixth straight day, six straight sessions, six winning uh, days in a row. That's the first time that's happened this year. So in the last six days, the NASDAQ was up almost 7%. That's lovely. But what does it mean? What's it in perspective? And is it too fast, too too far, too fast? So there should be a little bit of resistance right now on Wall Street because we've kind of come in this week talking about um, did we go a little too far, too fast in the whole market rebound? Now we have to wait for the economy to catch up. Other things in the news today: Boeing CEO said that a major U.S. airline is going to go out of business this year as a possibility. He sees it as a possibility. Will it be Spirit Airways? Will it be Southwest? Will it be Continent? Like, yeah, the airlines are going to be interesting. Um, they're big cash machines, i.e., they, they, they suck cash. They've got like a, kind of a system that's very costly to put into effect. But they also have the ability to get your ticket money, but the ticket money is now gone. Whoa. 
when does that come back? Whoa. And you still have a lot of those legacy costs, just they don't scale down. So Boeing saying that an airline can go bankrupt, it's not out of the realm of possibilities, but it's also a weird way to play the investment world, right? 800-516-1220, get your calls on the air. Tilray, they're a cannabis company. Their stock's down 5%. Gave financial results, relatively good revenues, but they're just losing too much money. $52 million in revenue expectations were for about 51-ish, a little bit less. Um, so the story's nice. It's, they're losing money. And in this kind of uh, market, meh, I'll, I'll pass. I'll take something else. Event price, Eventbrite. Have you ever um, gone to a ticketed event where you had to sign up online? Eventbrite does a lot of that. Um, their shares are down 13%. Kind of makes sense, right? No events going on right now. Company reported a loss of about $120 million. Now, I get it. You're building your business, but that feels like a dot-com kind of loss. Like, um, aren't you doing a website? Do you really have to lose $120 million in the last 90 days? Is it that? I, I don't know. Those are those are phrases that I don't like to hear in annual reports and quarterly reports, uh, in earnings reports. Things you know along the lines of, "Oh, we've secured another two hundred and twenty-five million dollars in financing from private equity." Um, they're they're burning too much money. That's fine when things are go go, but things aren't go go right now. That's fine, but not not now. Novavax, they've got a cool biotech kind of name. By the way, biotech stocks, wow. We're going to talk about that in just a second. I'll go ahead and spoil it. Well, I'll hold that off. Novavax, a vaccine company. Their stock's up 37% after Novavax highlighted an outside investment of about $400 million to advance the clinical development of a vaccine candidate, aiming for a first quarter result uh, release. Okay, that's that's pretty yay. Doesn't it feel like a lot of people are now starting to talk vaccines, and yet we don't exactly have a timetable for it. So I can't get too excited by that. As much as I want to, I just can't. Um, so the Nasdaq had a big day yesterday, but you know what else had a big day yesterday? Biotech stocks. Biogen was up 4.5%, Amgen up 3.5%, Gilead up 4.3%, AbbVie up 5%. You could invest in like Cure for Cancer if you buy one of those companies. You don't know. Maybe they're going to get it. I know you're saying, Cure for Cancer. No one talks about that anymore. Um, biotech stocks are almost impossible for me to analyze until they get big, like an Amgen or a Biogen or a Gilead. Then you can see whether <clears throat> addressable market is for their mature drugs. But any drug that's coming along in development, it could be a hit, it could be a strikeout. And that's the way I look at biotech stocks. I try to like not get myself into too much trouble. The way I like to play biotech stocks, if I had to give like uh, my playbook, would be to either have someone who knows the company give me the recommendation <clears throat> and or go with the index. The biotech index 
Um, there's one on the NASDAQ, BIIB, BIIB, uh, traded up to a five-year high yesterday, <clears throat> which brings me to my thought on biotechs. Sometimes they do the very, very best when the market is very, very nervous. So I believe biotech's out there. I believe that a scientist can look at a test tube and shake it and go, oh, designer genes and, you know, put DoorDash on your little baby before that's uh, even an issue, so to speak. <clears throat> yeah, so I'm getting good at that. But my, my thought is... We're always going to be very attracted to that as a stock market when other things in the stock market like earnings aren't working. So it kind of like fills kind of a speculative void that we almost have to have. <coughs> I think you can make a case for trading biotech stocks and biotech indexes. They never tend to get like uh, to be the long-term, super-term winner in your portfolio as an index. They tend to trade a lot. Uh, back and forth, but eh, maybe you can find something like that that works for you. That's that's the thought here. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves, weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. You're listening to Rob Black in the land of financial Zoom. Who knew Zoom would be the thing that's that's it's kind of becoming like Kleenex now, right? Get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220. Young investors. Ah, the young ones. The young Turks, if you will. Are they piling into the stock market or are they jumping out of the stock market? One of their big first tests, as far as a correction slash bear market slash recovery slash everyone has no job type of environment. Well, Schwab, TD, Ameritrade, and E-Trade and Robinhood saw new accounts spike in the first quarter when stocks experienced a dismal route and ultimately a subsequent rebound. So young investors are piling into stocks as if it's a generational buying moment instead of risk. The moment of watching us land on the moon, how many people embraced, I want to be an engineer, I want to work in for NASA, I want to like math, math, math America ahead. Generational buying opportunity, I like that. If that monumental volume that we saw into new accounts... Year over year, Charles Schwab, 58% new accounts. TD Ameritrade up 150% in accounts. <clears throat> and E-Trade up 169%. Um, there's an app out there, Robinhood. You heard about it. Millennials use it. You can buy a stock at lunch and sell it on your way to the parking lot. It's that kind of easy and that kind of convenient. <clears throat> and it's almost frictionless. Which is kind of, it, it, as the world becomes more frictionless, I get a little bit more nervous. In large part, what do I mean by that? Um, we're given a whole like mortgage with an app. And it's almost like, turn your face and smile and we'll see if it opens up for you. And ta-da, you get a $600,000 mortgage. <clears throat> 
That seems too frictionless to me. <clears throat> Sorry, I have a bad throat today. If that doesn't clear up, I'll call it a day. The Dow's rising ultimately, and we have this kind of a culture of things are, are we're starting to see things more and more open up. You know, Papa John's had its best quarter, its best month ever. And you think about that, and you're like, how many times were there snowstorms? How many times? What a perfect environment for someone like a Papa John's or a Domino's. The weather's not bad right now, and people are all staying in ordering pizza. I find that kind of, for me, that's funny. We're going to come out of COVID very diabetic, very big. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. Uh, one of the things that we're going to be watching to see how they open up are the casinos. Isn't that weird? Uh, if you're kind of a new to investment kind of thought person and you haven't fleshed this out and digested it perfectly in your head yet, it's kind of weird to me that you can invest in a, a casino company. Or I guess it's just as weird that you'd be an investor in Apple. And I don't see myself going into a casino and yelling at players on the table to like, you know, hey, keep your hands on the table. No cell phones. I don't want to yell at the other people. But if I'm invested in the company, that's how I want to think. Same thing with Apple. I don't want to go into an Apple store and say, hey, I'm the boss. Uh, you know, Who opened the store three minutes late today? Who? Who? Who left this on the counter? And they're like, who are you? I'm just a random guy who owns 100 shares. I think of myself as an owner. Trying to help the share price, you know? Uh, but if you could think that way, I, I think it makes you a better investor on some levels. But, you know, there's so many things you have to do to win in this game. But I think the odds start to become in your favor when you know what you're doing. 800-516-1220 to each calls in the air. Anything that you want to talk about, we can talk about. Um one of the funnier things that I've read recently, and I, I guess it's not even funny, is about cruise ships. Everyone knows that they've got this horrifying coronavirus outbreak problem for vacation cruises. The industry has been forced to shut down due to the pandemic, bringing health protocols, you know, just touting them like, wow, we can do this and we can do that and please come back. But I saw a millennial's perspective on cruises, and he thinks it's soul-crushing that they're even in business in the first place. He goes, you know, passengers get a glimpse of lush, remote ecosystems. Um, the Caribbean, Australia, the Great Barrier Reef, Glacier Bay National Park. And essentially his whole angle was a cruise ship is really disruptive to these rare, beautiful ecosystems. <laughs> And if you go there, you probably shouldn't be dumping hundreds of thousands of gallons of sewage straight in the ocean. Um, it's pretty funny stuff because this, this millennial is so angry at the heavy fuel usage of cruises. And I, I almost agree. That's the thing is that like their anger gets me angry. The crew, the staff works 20 hours and shifts in unsafe, polluted conditions of poverty-level wages. Infectious diseases abound. Uh, so this millennial is pretty mean. And uh, not against, uh, yeah, yeah, completely against uh, the idea of cruises. Will that mentality translate? Will the millennials make a major shift in 
cruises? Will they say this is stupid that we're doing this? Remember about a year ago, we talked about millennials uh, are now flight shaming. That, oh, you're flying all the way across the country for a vacation when you can just drive 10 miles for a vacation? Like, oh, oh, just pollute the earth. Oh, oh, oh. Um, I think there will I think um, there'll be some shifts in businesses. One of the big ones that we're starting to talk about is obviously the car industry, the auto industry. But I'm going to get into this a little bit longer because it's worth giving it another minute or two to yeah, faster. <clears throat> but the college, the university, university. My direct neighbor has two kids in college. Well, no, he actually has two kids sitting at his home. And both of them don't think they're going back anytime soon. So it brings into a question of, is remote learning as good as sending your kid to that school? And keep in mind, uh, colleges make a lot of money on the room and board. So that's half their business, the room and board. The other half is the charging a lot of money for professors, which has turned into kind of a rock star thing on locations until you get a pandemic and the location suddenly becomes a remote location. And everyone's like, oh, why were we there in the first place? The question is, do businesses throttle back business travel forever more? I think so. I think it's in the mindset now. So I think Zoom's around a little bit longer than we think it is as far as business meetings go. Same thing with universities. Is there a thought of like, hmm, do I, why am I doing room and board? If the kid could live at home, I mean, there's, there, and the kids are angry too, because they want the real education, but there's a big difference between a $30,000 a year education, and a $120,000 a year education. And what do you get differently on online? You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com or robblackshow.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Um, Going to be interesting times to see as we reopen the states or the states that were stubborn about shutting down the ones that have the economic activity. How does it look for them as far as new cases? Today, it's being reported on CNBC that some states that have eased coronavirus restrictions and reopened non-essential businesses have already begun to see an uptick in confirmed cases. So coronavirus cases in Texas and other states are on the uptick at this point in time. I bring that up. um, It'll be interesting to see how we respond to it and are are we angry at it? Is there music in the background? Let's get a caller. I think Michael. How are you, sir? Hey, Rob. Real good, real good. Hey, the other day I, I called you about Twilio, but I kind of got, I, I showed up at work and I had to go at that point. But I wanted to talk to you about uh, Zynga. Yep. Do you own it? Yeah, I own a thousand shares of Zynga. I own Twilio, too, and I can't believe Twilio is going up as much as it is. Yep, thanks for the call. Um, Twilio, we talked about it, and it's a shame you didn't get to hear it because I gave a, a really good collegiate try and uh, really reviewed it nicely for you. Um, ultimately, walking away saying that the API that they have that's being built into apps, it just, when you're doing DoorDash and you call your driver, that's Twilio. Um, it was a nice 
direction before this, they're even on a better direction now. Um, Zynga is also benefiting from the stay at home and play games. That's not a secret. Um, Activision's doing great. Electronic Arts is doing okay. Take Two, Nvidia, AMD, the whole sector is benefiting from people staying at home. Um, I'm not a big fan of Zynga's portfolio in the long term. I haven't really liked the way that they've handled some employee stock option situations. But there's no doubt, as long as we're sheltered in place, Zynga's the right place to be. Um, with the next product cycle in video games, though, being consoles, it, to me, it doesn't feel like Zynga's really there. It feels like it's a mobile phone play, which there's no disrespect on that. Uh, if ultimately, if Zynga's your thing, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be fine with Zynga being your thing. Um, but I think, for me, I find some other game makers out there. I used to have a lot of problems with the CEO of Zynga. Just, I don't know if it was that personal, but uh, Pink is just a little bit too arrogant, a little bit too um, flaunting the... We're losing lots of money. People are buying virtual cows. Ha, 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 ha. I have stock options. Look, I just bought this expensive house with stock options. It always felt very much so in your face with him. But uh, Zynga's outperformed the entire video game coverage up 23% year to date. Um, there's no shame in it. So, But it's going to have some tougher year-over-year comparisons going into the back half of the year. Um, and most people call it kind of a neutral on the analyst side, $7.50 stock, which is a little bit kind of right where it is right now. Um, so a lot of people think the move is already into that stock. Thanks for the call. 800-516-1220 to calls on the air. Uh, one of my favorite analysts, and he's just someone I like to listen to. I'm sure whatever you do for your job, if you're a sports guy, you probably would listen to maybe some like sports psychologist instead of just the athlete stories. A guy named Scott Galloway, he was with the New York University. Um, great school, and he's a marketing professor. And one of the things that he said is that a lot of colleges depend on tuition and room and board for semester to semester. And he thinks some colleges and universities in the United States might not reopen. He's one of those thinker thinkers, and he does a, a video blog a couple times a week, and he talks a lot about companies like Amazon, Apple, Facebook, and Google. He predicted Amazon would buy Whole Foods a month before they did. Um, just starting to put the pieces together of how these companies should try to integrate if they're going to do it successfully. To say the least, Scott Galloway does not like Facebook and kind of fears the company. But if you watch his blog, I think you'll learn a little bit about the way I think. I think he's um, he's a good thinker, he, someone I, I like watching. But he's talking about colleges that you know there's already a massive, significant change in the sense that the pandemic has forced colleges and universities across the nation to go fully remote. Lectures are going online, labs are going online, video chats, shared documents. Um, some students are not happy though. And they're suing. And that's where he thinks colleges could actually completely fail. Indiana University, Purdue, the University of Michigan, George Washington, Boston University, Brown. They've all seen students sue looking for tuition and reimbursement because online's not quite, uh-uh, no thank you, the same as doing it in real person. 
like sending your son to a soccer academy and they're like, okay, he's going to be here for a whole month. We're going to room and board him. We're going to beat your kid into a great soccer player. They're like, okay, we're going to do it online and he's going to stay with you. It's two different experiences. So a lot of colleges like Wells College, they said that if the company didn't receive money for a room and board soon, it will be forced to close. So some borderline colleges are already starting to feel the pinch. Is this the way we could finally get college costs down? The answer is yes. But will we do it? I don't know. Um, Scott Galloway from New York University. If you just Google his name, and it's just like it sounds. <clears throat> Scott with two T's, Galloway. G-A-L-L-O-W-A-Y. He said companies, not companies, I, oh, there's a phrase, uh, but universities like Drexel, Pace, and Fordham, he thinks will never, ever reopen. Again, he's being a little sensationalist, but, you know, last year we'd come on the air and college costs are so expensive, and the year before, college costs are so expensive, and you're a middle-class family, if you can afford to send your kid to college, you're amazing, and save for retirement, you're like Wonder Woman. That doesn't happen. So... That's out there. Um, Boeing's CEO is saying that a major airline could declare bankruptcy by September is fascinating. Again, is if that happens, will the stock market be upset by it? Or is it kind of already built in? There's a company called Simon Properties that said it's going to open up 50% of its properties through the next week. You know what Simon Properties does, right? They do malls. In the 80s, if you watch any movies while you're locked up in your quarantine, going crazy, talking to volleyballs, Wilson, what do you want to watch today? You may notice that there's a lot of scenes being filmed in malls. Malls were a great investment in real estate and a great play for retailers in the 80s and 90s. You'll see a lot of teenage movies like, let's go to the mall, let's go to the mall, let's go to the mall. Let's go shopping. Let's go shopping. Oh, that looks cute on you. And maybe a dance sequence or something going up and down escalators. You know, you know. Um, it was a thing. I would say malls have been dying slowly. So pandemic, not good for malls. But Simon Property owns a lot of real estate. What will they convert it into? If it's not a mall down the road, their shares have done pretty well since saying that they're going to reopen many of the malls across America. Again, new social guidelines for sure. Uh, do people want to stroll around a mall? And the answer is hell yes. <laughs> I've seen like the smallest thing open up and people are going crazy for it. So there's there will be some demand to get back to malls. Maybe even some that wasn't there in the first place. Uh, so Simon Property moving up today. Also Tesla. Tesla's in the news big time. Are you, are you paying attention to this right now? Uh, Donald Trump wants Tesla to open up now. And he's pounding a fist. He's siding with Elon Musk. And um, so the president's getting in kind of local politics. I'm, I'm pretty local to Fremont. Headquarters of Tesla. 
And I, I don't doubt Tesla and Elon Musk for saying things like, hey, if, if you're not going to give us some benefits, like letting our people work in a factory during the time of COVID, then we're going to leave the state because we pay you guys in a lot of taxes, both on a sales tax as well as an on income tax. Um, take your 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 city and just go. I'm I'm going to Arizona. So I think some corporations should look at their tax structure right now, and I think some corporations should leave the state of California if that's going to be a big impediment to them getting back to where they need to as a corporation in post-COVID. But Musk has been pushing to resume the California production. The governor chimed in yesterday during a press conference, and he's like, "Ah, if they're open up, that's news to me. Um, Alameda County officials. I, I don't know the whole politics. I don't know the whole story. I'm sure one day there'll be a movie made about the Fremont factory during COVID, and it'll star um, someone someone amazing, right? Maybe um, I was going to say Sybil Shepherd. <laughs> She's not someone special anymore. She was special 30 years ago. Um, but yeah, so Tesla's getting kind of a little punchy right here, <clears throat> and Trump is defending them talking about one of the biggest manufacturers in California. So who do you side with? Should we risk the death of people or get another car out? Some people really have to have their Teslas, you know? You can find me online at Rob Black Show. That's Rob Black Show. Anything you want to talk about, we could talk about. The stock market is doing quite well. We'll talk about that in the face of the economic data that's not doing so great. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. The car is staging a bit of a comeback, which is spurring oil's recovery. It's the weirdest little thing of you can see the cars on the road in China. And you kind of see that they're a couple months, maybe even a quarter ahead of us in the COVID. Do you have it or not have it phase of the life of the business world right now? So we do watch them a bit. One of the areas that I was, I'm always curious on. Obviously, again, it's it's really cool to see that young investors are are pumping money in the market, seeing it as an opportunity. Even if they're seeing it as a short term gambling opportunity, I'm I'm glad. Um, get some people involved in the investing world sooner rather than later, and they'll stick around. Maybe Amazon said something very interesting recently. They're getting a little bit of heat for testing their employees with heat imaging cameras literally something you could walk through um, a door and the computer would be able to look at 20 people all at once and go okay you're all no one has a fever if it works that way if it's as good as a thermometer which so far technically it hasn't been otherwise we'd be using it more and more but some people are starting to get it in place just like this is going to be the thing Amazon said they want to spend over $4 billion related to COVID-19 pandemic costs. Um, The company is spending hundreds of millions to develop their own COVID-19 testing capabilities. If you don't see the potential of like, hold on, what is Amazon doing? Are they, are they bringing me my toilet paper or not company? Or they did, 
You just say that they're developing their own COVID-19 testing capabilities. Yes. They have a team of scientists, programmers, procurement specialists, software engineers, dedicated team to getting incremental testing capacity built. How far do they want to take this? What's their time frame? What are the costs going to be? They've already said, you know, they're going to put $4 billion into COVID-19, and that, that could be it all right there. But Amazon wants to create COVID-19 testing stations that employees can pass through on a daily basis. If that doesn't sound like evil dictator, rule the world, Jeff Bezos, kind of, I love this man so much, he keeps life interesting. Amazon expects to spend a billion dollars on the initiative between now and the end of 2020 of getting testing set up at office sites. Um, I'm not going to knock anyone I work with, but anytime you work with somebody, uh, you don't know what their habits are, right? When do I feel truly safe in an office environment? When do you feel truly safe knowing that I've got a kid or two or five or 15 or whatever it is? Um, and he goes out and he plays with his friend and his friend plays with 15 friends and his 15 friends play with 15 friends. And suddenly you're just going to work in a little teeny tiny office and you've got exposure to about 10,000 children around the Bay area. I know. Right. So I, I daily testing today, is that going to be what's going to be needed for us to all feel really good again? Vaccine or vaccine and testing. Eh? Eh? Are you with me? And it's weird because I still don't feel like dirty or like I still don't feel like, oh, this virus is something I don't want to be anywhere around. I know that I don't want to be around it, but it's not even like that visual yet. So testing. Amazon wants to get daily testing when people come into their factories to load things up. Daily testing for the drivers so that they can say that he's clean and certified. Um, If they can crack that code, big money. Big money. So, and if they're doing it internally, good for them that they a can do that and maybe help society on some levels, right? The current diagnostic testing industry has not, you know, been a priority of area of investment, but Amazon sees it as a business decision at this point in time. Oh, there's the rub. Oh, I bet some people are pissed off about that, right? Oh, they're only doing it because they want to make money. Uh, yeah, (laughs) I get that, right? Remember, they sided with Warren Buffett and was it JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs a couple of years ago, and they're starting to look into providing their own employees with health care. Uh, more telemedicine would be automatic. Like they would instantly get cost out that the insurance companies haven't been able to get out. 800 516 1220 calls on the air. There's a thing on the East Coast. Um, you know, there's some foods that are always fascinating, East Coast, West Coast, like, oh, what are dingbats? You have to explain it to somebody. Um, but there's one, Utz potato chips. I'm pretty sure it's an East Coast kind of thing that slowly made a little bit of a angle in, on the West Coast. But Utz quality foods, they're called, is going to be acquired by a basically blank chip company that's tied towards private equity. Um, yeah, Utz makes... Cheese balls and potato sticks. Uh, they have got a lot of debt, and the coronavirus pandemic has hurt their access to get into debt or to access more debt. 
I bring that up because that's almost a good sign. Now, I'm not going to say Utz is big enough to be the failure that we need. But there's a lot of people who have cash on the sidelines, like a Blackstone group, who would say, you know, hey, I don't know what to do with this cash. If you say you were worth a billion, I say you're worth $700 million. Let's shake hands and do it. And uh, you'll get the cash that you need to stay alive. Okay, Sharks, here's the deal. They get like there's there's never a good time to borrow money in a bad economy. It's just it's never good. Terms are going to be against you. So Uts got widespread attention, and you're like, oh, here's where I remember them because I've never been on the East Coast. I'm afraid of flying on the East Coast. I've never been east of the Rocky Mountains. I'm from California, darn it. You might have watched um, Mad Men. Uts was in Mad Men. Sterling Cooper ad agency. Uh, was hired to build a brand. I know you're saying, thank you, Rob. That's incredibly vague knowledge. You're very welcome for the incredibly vague knowledge. I'm Rob Black. That's what I'm here for, right? You listen, I guarantee that I'm going to get you some incredibly vague knowledge about Wall Street investment ideas that I think will help you over time. Markets are slightly higher today. It's interesting. There's not really a story out there. It's kind of a sideways, eh, nothing's going on. Drift kind of day. You can find me at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com.